Welcome to U.S. Phenomenon, where possibilities are endless. Put down those same old headlines. It's time to expand your mind and question what if. From paranormal activity to UFOs, Bigfoot sightings, and unsolved mysteries, this is U.S. Phenomenon. From the Pacific Northwest in the shadow of the 1962 World's Fair, the Space Needle. Good evening, I'm your host, Mario Magana. This is U.S. Phenomenon. If this is your first time here, we thank you for checking us out. If you're a returning friend, thank you. Remember, because of you, you have made us the number one live and local paranormal radio show. You can be a part of the show by calling or texting our studio hotline, 775-990-5151. Sometimes you ask, and remember, it's it's to pay tribute to the godfather of paranormal radio, Art Bell. Tonight... Our guest, she's an American thinker. Do Americans really think their freedoms have been infringed upon? Tamara Laschak, an author, former Wall Street executive, joins us tonight to talk about Is America Democracy Dead? Uh, Joining us on the U.S. Phenomenon satellite phone. Welcome to the show, Tamara. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, uh, the pandemic has just really put everyone. I, I, I know we always talk about this, the virus, you know, COVID. I don't I don't want this, some radio bot, not radio, but more of like the social bot, the algorithms of these other things to take us off offline in regards to YouTube or whatever the case may be. We're going to talk about some stuff that may be controversial for some, right? And let's go back to the beginning of when the pandemic all started, this virus that no one was really had no idea about. And everyone's like, we're shutting everything down. You know, everyone going home, it was like. Yeah, I was uh, my initial reaction to that was always, is this really the right response? I always thought it was extreme, even though we didn't know how serious COVID was in the beginning. I thought it was an extreme response to shut down the U.S. economy for as a response to this pandemic and then the global economy in response to this pandemic. So that was the first time I sort of scratched my head. And then as it unfolded, we saw that, you know, people were dying and people were getting sick and we didn't really know how to treat it. So people were scared. And, you know, then I I walked back and said, maybe I was wrong. Um, But now I think my initial thinking wasn't wrong. (laughs) It's interesting because when we talk about the economy being shut down and really putting a big strain on just, I don't think globally we were ready for or what or we're projecting like Joe Schmo from the street, you know, blue collar worker, you know, going to Costco or one of these major warehouses and like all of a sudden there's no TP in the grocery stores, you know, it's like why you know i'm like okay is this really something that has to do with a bum problem i'm like why is everyone buying all the toilet paper but again if you you listen to what became a bad word conspiracy radio which we're we're here to ask the question but we know that sometimes people sell on fear Yeah. Well, I don't think we ever solved the conundrum of the toilet paper shortage. And I think that's the first example of paranormal activity was that 
Um, I wonder if I actually wonder if that was some kind of preparation to get us mentally prepared for shortage shortages and oh. socialism. And and what do you think? I mean, now because we look and here we are, gas prices are up. You have uh, shortage in beef. I mean, there, there, it just seems to be the weirdest things are being are in supply short demand windows. I mean, you know, people are like trying to get back into like remodeling their homes since they've stayed there so much. What's giving right now? What's, um, yeah. Why, 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 why all of a sudden I know you were talking about how you think maybe this was conditioning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there's certain things that you could track back to actual supply chain problems. I mean, we definitely, my, my greatest concern has been, has been China from the beginning. And my greatest concern was really them doing what they did to Hong Kong, to Taiwan. And if that happens, then our economy's in big trouble because our microchips are all made there. So that will present an enormous problem. And then you definitely, I mean, you know, during the pandemic, China bought Smith, Smithfield ham. So, I mean, they don't have enough food to feed themselves. So they're also buying up, buying up, um, you know, products and sources of products that could feed their people. And that is something that we should be paying close attention to. Um, and I guess we have to look and see where the individual parts come from for the things that are in short supply. When we start going back to the beginning of the uh, the, the pandemic, and, and this is one thing that really, you know, my real job, my day job, getting this piece of paper from the FEMA that gave me the right of passage. I was like, I've read this in books. I never thought this was actual thing. And to see that, you know, never got to that point. But it was like you had this document that said you have the right to passage 24 hours a day and you have the right to get fuel to get to said, you know, destination which would be a radio tv station at that point you know mm -hmm. doesn't yeah. that i mean a lot of people don't really understand that that was that's how close we were to like a serious true lockdown right yeah i mean again i look at i look at china and you know early on when I looked at um, what was happening in Wuhan, I mean, when they when they do lockdown, they do lockdown. I mean, I'm talking they nail people into their houses. I mean, they're right now locking down Shanghai and, you know, 80, 80 million people. And um, but it's not but it's not pandemic related. That my understanding, what I've, I'm getting at, that this is more of a. Uh, a Xi Jinping uh, thing because he's trying to lock people down then being upset with him for maybe as the elder statesmen have said that he uh, betrayed them and so he's trying to lock everything down is that's what I'm hearing that's what that's what word on the street is that is I the, mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing that there is some kind of there is some kind of illness and they're not exactly sure what whether it's another strain of corona whether it is something different um so I'm I'm not sure it's very hard to get information. I've also been very focused on the Ukraine Russia thing. So it's it's diverted my attention a little bit away from from China. I mean, and, and, and you know, then we go through that whole situation over there with Russia. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, we've, we've talked about this before uh, and we call it the WW3 question mark. Um, 
I'll be I'll be honest with you. The United States is not the superpower we once were. I mean, we don't cl- carry the clout where we're like, yeah. I, I mean, look, we're just standing back and relaxing and watching what's going on. What's the strategy? Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing that I've I've always felt and really felt it very strongly during the pandemic is that nothing is what it seems. All information that we're seeing, whether it's visual or, you know, or we hear it is meant for us to hear it and see it exactly the way they want us to hear it and see it. So I'm actually Ukrainian of Ukrainian descent, and I do have family and friends in Ukraine. So on one hand, you know, I feel for, you know, I'm very concerned and worried about my family and friends and I'm seeing a country that I spent a lot of time in, you know, being just, bombed and bombed and just annihilated. And on the other hand, I don't trust what I'm seeing either. There's propaganda on all sides, whether it's Ukraine, Russia, or the United States. And any time that Hollywood, the government, and our mainstream media gets behind a cause, you have to stop and say, okay, why? Right. You know, what is really behind this? Is this just some kind of misdirection play in order to, you know, draw attention away from the failure that is the Biden presidency? Or is there something more to this? Is it regime change in Russia? What, what is what is what are they trying to do here and why? So um, I'm not you know, I'm not fully certain. And as for World War Three, I hate to say it, but we are already at World War Three. So we have to stop thinking of war as only kinetic. I mean, there's cyber information, all sorts of biological, which we've really just seen. So there's all different types of warfare, and we are already in World War III. Our guest tonight is someone who uh, has a pulse of what's going on internationally. Is what she is calling... How much longer will democracy live for us here in the United States? That's a really good question. So you asked the question of, is it dead? I mean, I think it's pretty much on a respirator. So the question is how much, not how much longer it could live, but can we revive it and save it? And I think the answer to that question is yes, I think, but we are really close to flatlining. I mean, we're seeing, you know, tremendous amount of media sponsorship. I mean, I think that it's really interesting to watch this Elon Musk Twitter purchase. Right. Um, Fascinating to watch. Um, I have I have long proudly, (laughs) proudly say that I've long been a, a buyer of Tesla stock when people laughed at me and thought it was a joke of a company. So who's laughing now? Right. Um. But I also am not, you know, I love that Elon Musk is doing this. I think it's I think it's great. I think he's a disruptor. He's a provocateur. And I think that's needed. I don't fully trust him either um, and don't know what his intentions are at the end of the day. But for now, I love that he is that is he is creating this controversy and he wants to create a platform for for free speech, whether or not he uses that information another way later, that that's possible. But for now, this is what he says his intentions are. And I'm very supportive of that. Our guest tonight is Tamara Laschek, who uh, is joining us tonight to talk about United States and what we have talked about for just a few moments. If you missed any of it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can always go to onairmario.com if you missed any of this good, juicy information. Now, we were talking about, and we were just talking about 
um, just a few minutes ago, you were talking about what we're seeing in social media, the media, um, and kind of the outlier. Let's go back to the pandemic piece here and how it was all portrayed and sent out as we were talking about, almost like an agenda where I don't want to call, I know the phrase fake news, but let's be honest, like someone who's grown up and we all have, but the younger generation doesn't look at, you know, the big conglomerates of news as the, their truth, like their truth serum. They look at social and say, Oh yeah, that's, that's right. You know, and it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're at, but some of it is so ridiculous and so far fetched. And I said this and it got me and it got me a strike on YouTube that I thought YouTube, Twitter, all these different social media platforms should be regulated by the FCC. So you're not just putting garbage in, garbage out, you know, where you where someone can funnel the correct information. And, and I, what's your thoughts on my question to you is what are your thoughts in regards to how social played a, a huge part of the, you know, pandemics yeah. storyline? Yeah, well, it, it certainly did. I mean, even when we look at the, you know, 2016 election, they stay, say that Donald Trump did not really spend a lot of money, but he used Facebook extremely effectively. And that is, you know, how he actually won the election. And Hillary Clinton, you know, with her 800 you know million dollar war chest, you know, went traditional media route and wasn't able to defeat Donald Trump. So it definitely played a part. Um, I actually think that while I do, while I would be supportive of of removing the uh, regulations that protect social media, I'm not sure that more regulation is necessarily what we need because I don't actually believe that your people like Zuckerberg and Dorsey are really the ones that are truly in charge. I actually think they're already getting orders from our government. So I think that it should be less interference from our government and let them be, you know, a free platform. I mean, I have also read um, or heard even on podcasts that Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey were friends and they've had several conversations in the past. And Jack Dorsey was kind of like, yo, man, this is not what I signed up for. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, we like to make a villain out of out of these guys. And and to some and to some extent, they are and are deserving of being made villains, um, particularly Zuckerberg and, and his involvement in, you know, the the 2020 election. Uh, but um, I think that they have a lot of pressure from whoever is really pulling all the strings and, um, you know, really have to follow orders. Now, the Zuckerberg is actually quite interesting because I felt because he his platform contributed to Hillary Clinton's defeat, I feel like he had penance to do. And I think that if he wanted to remain as part of the club, he had to take a different approach in this last election. And he and his wife, Priscilla Chan, had given half a billion dollars to uh, to the elections, particularly in battleground states. So, you know, again, I wouldn't exonerate them from being villains because they are actually culpable as well. But I don't think that they are necessarily making all the decisions or are all in charge. Our guest tonight uh, is someone who has the pulse of uh, what's going on, um, who is spending a few minutes with us. Eh, we'll spend an hour with us tonight to uh, chat about about the United States, 
should we be worried? Is this the last of the Mohicans? Is this it? Is the superpower we once known as the United States, is it done? Are we so much in line as drug, like a drug addict in need of China's help to continue to sustain our digital minds and chips and TVs and iPhones this and Samsung that and our smartphone, things of that nature. I know we were you you talked about in uh your bio about different things and I know we can talk about this in probably the second half what what's going to truly happen and what, what your projection is for the United States here in the next few you know years and decades to come now as we start to come out of this pandemic are we really are we really done or was that really just the first round of conditioning and as we're seeing in 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 china where everyone's back under lockdown that they're just giving a little bit of freedom to everyone just to just to be palpable you know just to be able to be like okay we're doing life again Mm -hmm. yeah i i I, um i do have concerns about that and i do think that Uh, I think you're right about that. And I think that, look, this was an extremely useful tool for many reasons. One of them, and not the only one, was the election. So we have another election coming up in November, and mail-in ballots proved to be extremely effective. And the only way to you know, to uh, encourage the mail-in ballots is the fear of a pandemic. And so I would not doubt that there would be another variant that will come out close to the election to reignite the fear so that people, you know, so that there's a reason to do mail-in ballots. It has been a very effective tool for whoever the powers that be truly are. And I don't think this is the last that we're going to see of a pandemic. I mean, is it really a pandemic now or is it really an endemic like the flu? I mean, we're living with this now and you would think that know your inherent risk if you're susceptible to, you know, maybe you have a, you know, underlying condition, you want to get the shot, get the shot. You know, it's just like me. Sometimes I want to get the flu shot. Sometimes I'm like, eh, I'm not doing it. Um, You know, know your inherent risks. You know, as I get older, I'm like, oh, shoot, maybe I should be getting that flu shot. But um, but I don't like how I feel afterwards, you know, And, and I get that. and I understand. It's the same thing from both sides of the fence when you're like, hey, look, I don't want to get the, you know, the COVID-19 shot. Okay, well, I'm okay with that, you know, but don't tell me that I have to have it. Tell me that it's an option now that it's a, it's available. Same with the masks. Okay, if it's a, a variant that we know that is an uptick in, and all of a sudden we're seeing this an explosion of underlying, you know, people are just dying left and right. I mean, that really, I thought at the beginning, I was like, well, this is it. This is end times. Here we go. We're going. You better get right. You better get right with your ma- whoever you whoever you believe in, because it was that serious. We were so in the dark. We had no clue. But what's interesting is at the very beginning of this pandemic, prior to it like coming out in like March, I remember being so sick in December. A friend came back, and I don't know if it was January, or December, came back from Vegas and I, I, around the Chinese New Year, and he was sicker than a dog for weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. he had this cough that was just would not go away. And then my butt, uh, co-worker and myself were sick. And I was like, I'm, I'm dying. I've never been this sick in my life. January 2020? Prior to just before the big explosion of the virus here in the United States. We, we all think that it came prior to uh, before the big 
the big announcement of like, oh my God, we're going lockdown. This coronavirus is coming in the United States. We think that people who were in Vegas from China gave it to him and that's what he brought back to us. So I, I could say unofficially, maybe I've had COVID twice. Mm -hmm. uh, one official and one non-official. Yeah. And now I'm like, My I'm COVID strong. You know, I got the antibodies. But really, like, we didn't know. We had no clue. No clue what was really going on back then. And then it's like everyone's on lockdown. You know, we're, we're doing the back to work thing now. And I'm like, back to work? I've been here. What are you talking about? For those who work in the, you know, technical field, we really haven't left. Then it yeah. goes back to the, the, the mindset for those who have not, who worked from home, who had that opportunity, how, uh, I'm, why is the, the word blanking, conditioned they've become. They walk outside with a mask on. Why? You've been conditioned. Wake up. I don't care what side of the fence you live on. You've been conditioned. You're a human being. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You still breathe the same air. We still have the same type of, you know, well, maybe not all the same chromosomes, but my God, we're all human for say, you know, it doesn't really matter. So wake up and smell the coffee. For those who are out there still wearing a mask outside, I'm like, what? I feel bad for them. Yeah. I feel bad for them. Like they, they've been... I don't want to say mind checked or mind effed. It's just, it's so sad. Yeah. You know, kids, you know, yeah. and that, you know, are wearing their masks outside. No, this, I mean, that's the planet is a filter out there, you know, get, get, get what you need. And I know everyone's getting sick now with the, the common, the common colds and things of that nature. Um, what's your thoughts on, on the conditioning piece with uh, now that the masks are coming off? Yeah. Well, I, I actually wouldn't call it conditioning. I would go so far as to call it programming. And that is why I, I recommend to all my clients never to watch the news. Um, trust me, if something's going to happen, you'll know about it. Someone will call you and tell you, so don't worry about that. I've been watching the news in two years since before I ran for office. And I didn't because I said I need information and not a narrative. And now I feel that it is complete and total propaganda and it really serves the purpose of programming. So well, you need to guard your mind. When we come back, I want to I want to break that down some more, and, and let's really break down the programming piece. Um, when we come back, we're gonna check with Mark. We'll check in with Mark Christopher for our paranormal story of the week. Maybe you have a show idea that you would like to email us with. You can email me Mario at onairmario.com. Send your text to. 775-990-5151. You can always subscribe to our podcast by going to onairmario.com or subscribing at your favorite podcasting platform. Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play. Just search US Phenomenon.
listening to U.S. Phenomenon with your host, Mario Magana. 